Yo. You just double called me. How'd that happen? Oh. Uh. <laughs> I guess the mic works, so that that's good. It does. It actually sounds decent, so I don't have to play with it later. So I was hoping it would work. Can you hear me well? I can hear you both. Okay, who's whom? Um, this is Justin. This is Josh. All right, I'll try to remember. <laughs> okay. Hang on, I, now I got... This is weird. Okay, my Skype has two open now. Uh, all right. What's up, guys? Oh, you know, drinking some beers. Uh, you know, uh, you know I didn't hit the store for, for beer. Ah, you fucked up. We got plenty. Too bad you're not here. Uh, you, uh, know, you know, I can hear a can lot hear. of background noise. Okay, I turned this up too loud, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Is that better. Yeah, that's way better. All right, can, yeah. can you hear me just fine? Yeah. Yep. Okay, sweet. No, uh, I made coffee because I was falling asleep, and then I threw some uh, Jack in it. Nice. I had a Red Bull with some vodka in it, but I put too much vodka in it, so it was gross, and I dumped it out. Well, that's that's what I I did put too much uh, whiskey in here, so but I'm just powering through it. <laughs> More coffee. Mm-hmm. It tastes terrible, actually. Yeah. Well, more straight coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, for people that don't know who Use is, you guys want to introduce yourselves, uh, who you are, what you do. Um. Yeah. Um, I'm Justin. I own After Hours Auto Sports, uh, just outside of Denver, Colorado, in Golden. I drive a LS2 swapped RX-7, and I will be driving it in Southwest this upcoming season, as well as possibly a handful of Lone Star events if the schedule works out, mm-hmm. and an LS swapped E46 BMW party car. Party car. Party car. I like it. <laughs> right. AKA car I've wrecked so many times I don't want to compete in it anymore. <laughs> but it's supposed to be a great chassis. I mean, I'm one of those people who didn't subscribe to that build a stock power, stock angle car to learn. I just sent it and I sent it into a wall a few times in the process. Uh, yeah, that's how you learn. But it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, you didn't, get a lo- you didn't start with a low powered car either? No, not at all. Oh, my that's first fucking awesome. In, uh, I did one event in that car, stock power, and my second event ever was LS swapped with SLR. So it was fun, but... <laughs> nice. How long have you been driving? Um, I've been driving for... This will make... This will be the fourth full season. Oh, okay. So not a long time. Nice. And but Josh? Before that, I was into... Uh, Drag racing, I went to WyoTech, um, been in, I was a Subaru tech for eight years and building drag cars before that and four by fours and off-road shit before that. So more of a builder than a driver, which is why I came out of the gate like that. But it's more fun that way. That's, that's how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And I totaled the car. So, you know, (laughs) the whole thing. And, uh, it's Josh, right? Yeah. You want to go ahead and so, introduce yourself? So I'm the opposite. I suck at building cars, uh, but I can drive them decently. Um, this will be, this is like my fourth, or coming up on my fifth summer of drifting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's all in this one chassis, 
uh, started out with a stock and been through a bunch of different variations and now um, teamed up with After Hours, Justin and these guys, and now it's going to be a LS3 quick change, you know, fully fully ripping race car. Damn. Yeah, what trans are you on? Uh, it's a T56, so we'll we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're hit they're hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, this one's rebuilt. Um, it's got a uh, Hawk Motorsport. It was a Hawk. Yeah, yeah, the Hawk, uh, six hundred wheel horsepower, uh, kit in it. So, we'll see. But I think it might be a good idea to have a four speed just on in bookmarks on <laughs> ready to order. They make a straight cut uh, gear kit for it. Yeah, there's they're pricey. Yeah, they are. They are. Almost I got lost on the four speed for cheaper. Yeah, I run a four speed, but it ain't no dog box, so. Yeah. yeah you're on like a Muncie or something, right? <laughs> yeah. That thing still kicks ass. I don't think it's ever been rebuilt. It's from a 64 GTO. Damn. Damn. It was made to move some weight back then. Yeah, and they came with a lot of torque, so. Yeah. At least I suppose it was advertised to have more power than I'm putting down is what it handled from. That's what Pontiac says. Yeah, and like a 4,800-pound car. <laughs> no, those things are lighter than my car. Really? Yeah, I think that. Uh, oh damn! Well, I don't know. I think it, it was like thirty five hundred pounds. Oh shit! So, and then my car starts out from the, the factory is like thirty eight hundred pounds. Oh yeah, because you went to that CTS now, right? Yeah. So we'll see. So, uh, you're both competing this year. Uh, when possible. Um. I'm doing so we have a local a really cool local series called Drift Colorado mm-hmm. that has um between god damn it I keep trying to stop saying um it has between <laughs> say god damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's got four or five rounds per season at various tracks with diff- different layouts we've got one oval track one kind of a track really similar to Grange mm-hmm. called IMI and then we have PPIR, which is a NASCAR banked oval with an infield road course. You can kind of go up to and off of the oval, back onto the road course. My favorite track. Um, and then there's a handful of like parking lot events and stuff. So we're both going to be doing all of those. And then we're both going to be doing Southwest. However, the priority is definitely going to be towards running Josh's program. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to get some seat time and experience in my car because I, I've driven one event on it since we supercharged it. So try to sort mine out while also crew chiefing for Josh. And we have a spotter and we have a, a crew guy as well. Hmm. They're all going to be on team Josh Lowe's drifting. That's, that's a nice getup right there. I wish I could find that. <laughs> it was worth it. No, it's kind of hard. It's a little harder to do that down here, especially if you don't really know anybody in the drift community and all your friends don't really give a shit about it. So, well, it's same for me. Uh, really, you know, I have a couple good friends who would come out and help, but when it comes to actually doing the brunt of the work, you know, beer and pizza only goes so far. It does. <laughs> it's... But, um, Teaming up with After Hours has definitely been, I mean, I know it's going to change the whole game. Because you can have 9 out of 10 things going right and still not make it to the end. So, having a whole team really changes the entire game. 
Yeah, I can imagine. I've seen some in the Drift League. Like There was a few teams like that, and I was like, damn, they really got their shit together. And that, I mean, um, a lot of us are just friends from meeting in the scene that yeah. didn't know each other outside of two years ago. Um, but I'm lucky enough. I run this shop with my dad, mm-hmm. who was also a drag car guy for a long time and stuff. So he's going to be kind of the all-around run errand, go get more beer and pizza. Bob's a go-getter. Do the dirty work that I don't want to do. He's like twice our age, but does twice as much as any of us can. Run circles yeah. around you? <laughs> what? He runs circles around you guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's he's... some dude at work that's just like that. I'm like, dude, you're like 68. Why are you still bending pipe? <laughs> you know, I remember like the first the first time like they really helped me out in a big way. I had broken an axle at the track, and by the time I had found one and got off the phone, Bob already had it out of my car <laughs> and like ready ready to take the new. And I was like, "Holy shit! <laughs> I really need to work with these guys." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nice. And then I have another. I don't know if I'd call him a coworker, um, a buddy, a sponsor driver. He he works here and does a lot of the cage and bash bar and fab work. Mm. I do more of the mechanical stuff. So he's going to come to the events he can make it to. He has a full-time job in the oil field making big boy money. Um, Don't we all want that? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he's going to come to the events he can and help out, too, with spotting. Because that's – I've never spotted. I've never known anyone who's spotted. So that's kind of a black art that you just kind of learn as you go, I guess. It seems to be – I've done it once. It seems to be, like, pretty – simple yeah you just see like all the mistakes and you just tell them what to do yeah and that's the problem we had is like i tried to have bob spot for me and uh it can't be someone too close or they end up too biased yeah like my and mother that's... would be a fucking terrible spotter oh you're doing yeah. great you're doing good you did yeah. good honey my dad would be like, i don't know why you didn't win that this shit's rigged this is bullshit <laughs> my dad's the same way and then i watched the video and i'm like straightening and hitting cones and i'm like well that's probably why He's like, no, not my boy. <laughs> no, we need to challenge this. Yeah, that's the yep, same. So <laughs> you can't have anybody that's too close. Yeah, I have my girlfriend do it. We'll see how yeah. that works out. Yeah, I tried to do that with my wife and like show her YouTube videos. Like <laughs> Chelsea had a really long but good video of it was like him narrating an entire FD event one time. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea Denofa, obviously. And then I tried to show her that, and she lost interest like three minutes in. Because <laughs> it was basically him just critiquing every run that happened in an FD event. Yeah, I can I can see someone losing interest in that real quick. Like, <laughs> I'll watch the whole fucking thing. Yeah. I did, too. I and tried. then I'll, like, disagree with something he, might have, he may have said or something. <laughs> you know. Right. But I'll watch the whole damn thing. It's yeah. not for everyone. Yeah, and that's I have the same problem too. You know, when I watch FD, Kristaps has won every battle I've ever seen, so I won't be a good spotter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am I am a little biased with Kristaps as well. That's, him and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, they won. <laughs> exactly. No, but and then um, with Southwest Drift, like, what is isn't that what you normally run? Or no, I'm sorry, Lone Star. You said you might do Lone Star. Yeah, so Southwest is ran out of Vegas. Mm. Um, so it's the closest licensing series to Colorado because they travel. So the schedule's not out yet, but usually there's one round in Vegas, one in Colorado, 
one in Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. And one year they did one in Albuquerque. And mm. I, it'd be really cool if that came back because Albuquerque, in my opinion, has the coolest track out there. Okay. Um, But then they only do three or four rounds a season. And Lone Star's season is so long comparatively that – we usually try to make it down there once or twice because it's about a 14-hour drive from here. The closest track is 14 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're fun, though. Lone Star is – the first time I went there, I came back a better driver just after one event. Those dudes are – they're insane. Hmm. They're crazy to drive with. But we definitely – in Southwest, we have an advantage because we they stop through PPIR in Colorado Springs. So we definitely have a, a good advantage there, like a hometown advantage for that one event. Mm. Yeah, I kind of want to drive up there this year. If I can uh if I can swing it financially. Yeah, that's we've been talking about a drift league um event possibly too cuz our good friends over at MSpec, I think you, I've heard you mention Stuke a couple times and those dudes. Um they ran drift league last year and did well and they had nothing bad to say about it. All good stuff. So we're thinking about trying to hit one or two of those as well, but it's all kind of everything right now is hinging on the release of the Southwest schedule. Mm. When do they release it normally? Usually by now. (laughs) Um, All I know is I've gotten out of them is that there's an approximate start date of sometime after June. Oh, are you guys doing LS uh, Fest? Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Uh, I'll probably will in some form or another, whether whether I just fly out for the weekend and hang out, mm-hmm. or because it's a really good time. I've heard. I heard that you don't even have to pay for it, kind of. Well, last year they refunded everyone's. I don't know if I would bank on that or not. Yeah, it's just a rumor. So. Yeah. Well, last year we all paid the registration and then like a week afterward they were like we were so happy with how you guys did we're refunding all your registrations yes yeah, so, so i had heard the rumor prior to one of my buddies signing up yeah and then so uh, see the year before i don't think they did that so yeah, so, yeah. i don't know who he heard it from but that works too man a free event he's got to drive out there yeah so. yeah it's not a ton of seat time because i think last season there was only like i think total four hours of practice over the whole weekend and then a top 16 elimination comp Mm -hmm. and that was it it's a good promotional tool though exactly it's it's tons of exposure and it's really honestly entertaining um because there's some some drag racing types that will wander over from the the drag strip and stuff because Polly is good about staggering all the events. Yeah. So that there's not a draw. Um, you don't have to decide if you want to go watch the drag finals or the drift finals. Everything's staggered. So, and it's fun to talk with those people who have never seen it, have no clue what it is, don't know how it works. They just hear the noises and stumble over from their trailer and are like, what the hell are you guys doing to these poor cars? <laughs> yeah. We, we did a NASCAR, like a small NASCAR series halftime show, mm-hmm. and we had such an overwhelming response from that. Um, they had our cars parked outside the gates, and we had hundreds of people standing around our cars for a while. Nice. 
because they've just they've never seen that before but i think just about everybody in the world can get along with loud noises and smoke and just cars going sideways yeah yeah i can see that unless you're an asshole <laughs> you'd have to, <laughs> to not appreciate that in some way yeah at least just recognize that it is fucking awesome yeah. Even if it's not for you. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, did you guys drive it all last year or compete it all last year? Um, I competed in Drift Colorado. And that's um, not a live thing series, though, right? Just to clarify. No. No. Um, it's just a local league. It's for fun more than anything, really. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I don't know of anywhere else that kind of has that, I guess, mm. where it's it basically could be a licensing series if it wanted to be. Um, and it's the same style, same tech, all that. There's just It's just less formal, I guess. Um, but I feel like in Colorado, we're really blessed in our caliber of driver that the vast majority are. Because our... Uh, our regular top 16 at those events are all guys who podium in Southwest and drift league. And they're all stook stook level drivers. So it's a really good, basically training ground to breed a licensing driver, hopefully later on. Yeah. It's just not too big. Yeah. I think this year we mostly had the top 16 was the only 16 people competing <laughs> in tandem, yeah. but we have a big singles. It's kind of like Texas does their uh, street legal. We have a, C, a singles league as well, and we think we had like thirty-two drivers in that. What's a so, singles league? Um, they it's they do single runs instead of tandem runs, and they judge them back to back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it gives the guys who aren't caged, and you know they don't have big builds, they don't have big money. You can go out there with a couple thousand dollars for your summer, and still have a lot of fun and compete, and just kind of push yourself. Oh, man, that's actually but, really cool. Yeah. When we get little comps like that here, that's usually just like a grassroots event, so it's kind of like a little, a fun thing, I guess. So yeah, and that's that's where we are. It's like Drift Colorado is kind of it's like between a grassroots and like Justin said, like like a licensing, you know, uh, league. It's really it's interesting, but it's it's a whole lot of fun. It's when it comes down to it, it's more fun than anything else. Yeah, that's that's actually really fucking cool. Um, where are you guys based out of? Is it Denver? Yeah. Um, more or less the Den- suburbs. <laughs> D- Denver metro area. Okay, I don't know that area. I I flew into like the uh, airport once and then flew right the fuck out. Yeah, that was... yeah. I'm uh, I'm just northwest of Denver, like 15 minutes. Okay. And Josh is like just southwest of Denver, 15 minutes. <laughs> gotcha. Is, is there a lot of traffic over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, I, you <laughs> mentioned that, and I was like, how long does it take you for that shitty drive without traffic? I mean, I live in the Northwest, and so my shop's in the Northwest, but for me to Josh at, like, midnight is probably 20, 20 minutes. minutes. In the middle of the day, it's probably an hour and a half. Oh, sounds like L.A. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's yeah. getting ridiculous. We have so many people moving here that the highways just can't keep up it's like it's like the corners of la where they built it 80 years ago and there's two or three lanes and they just can't expand it yeah and there's just nothing you can do you're just stuck yeah and i think i think the population here has 
doubled, if not more, in the last, like, four years. Mm-hmm. Denver is the really cool place to be now for some reason. Well, we know why. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, none of the infrastructure can hang. So it's just, like, we have a hard time adjusting. Damn. And you said, what was the closest track to you guys for competition? Well, um, I, IMI and Colorado National Speedway, they're, like, it's ironic they're five minutes away from each other. Oh, nice. I don't, I don't but, think we have anything like that over here. Yeah, well, I'm I'm like a go kart track, but it's kind of like, like Grange and Park. Okay. It's a little small tight track, and then CNS is like our, that's the one that we can run banks on. It's a small NASCAR bank. Okay. Um, like Irwindale. Uh, smaller. Yeah, it's it's smaller, but like Stuky always goes out there and he he practices CNS for Irwindale, so it's they're comparable. And then you can do, you know, run into the infield as well there. There's a little infield. But PPIR has, like, the big, the huge bank and the big infield. And that one's down. That's That one's, like, an hour and a half south of us in Colorado Springs. But those are our three main ones. You know, when you mentioned uh, about having a team earlier, um, I was actually thinking of Stuky because I saw how well his program went. Yeah. And that's, uh, I, didn't, I couldn't remember how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Yeah, Stooky. I'm not. Is it Stuky? It's Stuky. Okay. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> I've actually Stuky brought me my first ever drift event. He he taught me how to ratchet strap my car down to the trailer. Oh. <laughs> so nice. he was like he was like my entry into drifting, and then you know now his program is just insane, and they did second second place in the drift league at the league, and now they're going pro too. So. Yep. He uh, he sold me a fuel pump when mine blew. <laughs> nice. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And I don't know if... For if, dirt cheap, if you've been, too. <laughs> if you've been following the build on his car, they're going absolutely fucking batshit on that They're thing. going fucking bonkers on that thing. <laughs> you <laughs> see how they cut the roof off? They cut the roof off to do the cage, and they had the whole car on a, on a rotisserie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was balls to the wall. It, it's going it, to be crazy. But uh, that old, those are the people that win, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're committed. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I can definitely see him doing some damage next year. Some damage. Yeah, uh, but, you know, the whole car, changing the car thing, I always thought, I was like, damn, that's a baldy move. Well, that, um, that's not his car that he licensed in. That's actually Casey Cole's car, who is the owner of MSpec, mm-hmm. that he was basically borrowing because his car was getting such a wild build done to it. The S13 was bar- basically a borrowed car? Yeah. Oh, shit. It was when they teamed up, so it was basically the team's car at that point. But yeah. Casey stepped down to be, you know, like the crew chief mm-hmm. um, and run the whole program, and then Dan drive. Gotcha. Yeah, Casey ran that car for years in Drift Colorado, and I think in Southwest as well. And that's, they're not related, are they? No. No. To do with long hair? No. No. <laughs> ah, son of a bitch. And it's funny, too, because me and Justin are both big guys with beards. So it's like, <laughs> we have the long hair team and the big big bearded guy team. Oh, so you guys are brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what everyone's going to assume. No. So any, you said something about possibly trying to make a Drift League appearance? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, we'd both love to. Um, I came out to Winter Jam um, a few months back, and I really loved, uh, you know, the California drift scene. I definitely want to go back and check it out more. Mm -hmm. Um, Where else do we say we want to go? U.S. Air? Yeah, I mean, I... uh... I've driven, I think you did an episode with Rathena, right? If I'm saying that right? Rathena. Rathena, yeah. I've met her quite a few times. Um, We'll driven both LS Fest with her and Mike Kojima, if I'm saying that right. (laughs) Um, And I think they're the ones who put on the Drift League, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know that they... That's Rathena's baby. They basically have their shit together, for lack of a better term. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So I'm sure it'd be a killer event. It's just, I think from here when I looked it up, it was like a 19.5 yeah, hour drive, not towing. The, so. Wait, and you said the one of the tracks was how far from you? The one that's uh, southwest? Uh, well, the PPIR one is, uh, it's an hour and a half from us. Is it south of you? South, yeah. Okay. And then Albuquerque was like eight hours? Six. Six, yeah. Damn, dude. That's... So it's a whole lot, whole lot closer than, than Drift League for sure. Holy hell, because I wanted to do one, and I live um, eight miles from Irwindale. Well, you wouldn't be far from, like, the Vegas round, I don't think. That's only, like, three hours from L.A., isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like four. Yeah. Without traffic. Yeah, and we're 10 to 11, not towing to Vegas, so. Damn. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Colorado's pretty isolated. That's why, I think that's why Drift Colorado is its own thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, 10, 10 hours from Vegas, 10 hours or 14 hours to Texas. And plus, we're, we're so spoiled up here with weather. When we go there, I think we all almost died in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it freezing up there? Like snowing? Well, that's what I mean. It's so hot. Like, I think it, whenever someone from Colorado goes out of town, they get heat stroke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, we went to Texas, it was 108 degrees. It didn't, wait. And did... my girlfriend had a, had a cooler with these, uh, like towels in it and every time we get out of the car she'd throw them on our heads because we were just like we'd be getting out panting like mm-hmm. dying didn't i think i remember justin you came to irwindale one year yeah i went to fd yeah so and it was i remember that day because it was fucking hot yeah and i got shit faced dude uh vegas for ls fest in may brutal um i think we measured like 108 degrees outside of my trailer just the air temp and oh. you're just standing on a black asphalt with no shade out there and uh it's miserable I mean, luckily they they delayed us for qualifying until i think it was 6 p.m so the sun was starting to go down uh-huh. but they require full safety out there um like full suit shoes everything gloves all the fire stuff which lone star doesn't so i got so hot that I started getting dizzy and stuff in between qualifying runs. And I had to haul ass to my trailer, completely strip down to my boxers, lay in the trailer under the fan for like two minutes, put it all back on and get back to track <laughs> for my next qualifying lap. Oh, so I just assume you don't have a cool suit. <laughs> no, not. I actually think we're both getting them. <laughs> yeah. This season. I would definitely recommend that. That is uh so for anybody who has to deal with heat in their car, like before you're ever you're driving, Get a fucking cool suit. Yeah, and they're that's... only like seven or eight hundred bucks. What I do think. you mean only? That's shit's expensive. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but compared to getting heat stroke, you know. Yeah, yeah, true. That's probably a little bit more expensive. <laughs> yeah. 
paying the EMTs. Still trying to figure out how to retrofit a BMW vintage seat in my car. <laughs> oh, looks to be expensive. Dude, I even thought about throwing um, the air conditioner back in the car. Oh yeah, we like, talked about that. Like, Can you just route it under my seat, please? <laughs> yeah, just blow it at minutes. Like, uh, yeah, that'll work. And it's getting worse and worse because it's like, you know, two years ago, it was just a fire suit you had to wear. Mm-hmm. They weren't super strict on gloves or shoes or whatever. And then the next year, it was all that. And then this year, there's a Hans and arm restraints involved. Where at? Uh, Southwest. You have to have a Hans? Oh, uh, that's what rumor is. But I know that I, I have to wear arm restraints now. Um, but it just keeps making it more and more inconvenient to get in and out of the car after every run. <laughs> that's, so that's why you got to upgrade that to that cool suit in that fresh yeah, air tank. Yeah. Or what is it, a fresh air tank or fresh air blower? Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something else I want to look into, too. That cool cool shirt, I think it is, they have a f- complete self-contained um, like battery-powered unit that basically just straps into your passenger seat harness mm-hmm. and you plug into. So you don't have to wire to the car. You don't have to like permanently mount anything. You can use it in multiple cars. Yeah. Deal. So I think that's the the way we're looking at going is getting one of those. Yeah. They let me strap mine to my, I didn't really have a mount. It was made like last minute. Yeah. For mine round three. And they, we just strapped it to the seat. They're like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. So it worked for me, but I definitely will say just get one. I can't say it enough. Like those things are fucking amazing how well they work. Yeah, and that's I've never tried one, so I'm real curious. It's it's a it's kind of weird feeling when you first do it. You're like, huh? So that's what that feels like. <laughs> it's I can't compare it to anything. It's got to feel better than almost frying in Texas. So. I would yeah no it's 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 different. <laughs> so, and then uh shit I had a question I forgot to go more in depth into the e36 you're building you posted a picture the other day about an int with of an intake with that uh what is that printing called the hydrofilm yeah the hydrofilm stuff that thing looks fucking nuts yeah it's it's gonna tie in um we haven't released any uh teaser photos yet but uh, i think you saw the picture of the new livery for this year Mm mm-hmm um, it's all going to tie into the Josh loves drifting theme. Um, I'm so excited. I've ne- I don't. I think that's the most exciting thing that I've ever had t- for a car. The intake? Ever. No, the uh, the the impacted wraps. Um, our buddies. They're actually right in the same building as Justin. Impacted wraps. Um, mm-hmm. They're doing the wraps for um, most of our cars. How does that work? Is it printed? Yeah. So he. Uh, Reagan, the owner, he actually does all the graphic design in house, oh, okay. uh, and then they have a, a large printer, and it all prints out on just a white film, and then it all gets stuck to the car. I was curious how that worked. Yeah, it's 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 going to look way better than just sticking sponsor stickers all over the car. They're actually printed to the wrap. Oh shit! Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. That sounds expensive. Well. It's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a like a nice chunk of your pocket coming out. Well, it actually 
happened to turn out to be a chunk of an engine that was part of a trade. <laughs> so it kind of worked out for all of us. Um, like all three of us work really closely together now. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Yeah, he's literally like two doors down from me. My Camaro's sitting in his shop getting wrapped right now. Oh, I remember you posting about that. How did you actually, uh, Justin, how did you get into drifting? Um, so I went to years and years and years ago. Um, God damn it, I just blanked on the name. They did a one-off series that was called like Nopi Street something. Mm-hmm. Nopi Street Tuner Mayhem, I don't remember. But it was at Coors Field downtown. And I somehow stumbled across it because that was like when Fast and Furious was hot off the press. Uh, and I was a car guy, like I said, my whole life. I think at that time I had a just a god awful Civic. Um, <laughs> well, I, gee, you know. <laughs> so we went there, and I was like, "Damn, this is sick!" Uh, but then I kind of never followed up on it for a long time. And then I don't really know what sparked the interest back into it. I did like the rally cross thing for a while. I did fort rock crawling for a while. And I was just, I can never get into drag racing. I have a 496 stroker Nova that just rots in my garage at home. Cause I have no urge to go to the track ever. What year is it? 73. Oh, okay. I know what it is. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I kind of, I think it was honestly like videos being shared around Facebook and stuff. And I was like, damn, this looks fun. I, I want to pick up a chassis for this. So I started looking around a little bit to try to find a, a builder project. Because I knew right away I wasn't going to do that stock power, stock angle thing. There's just no no interest in that for me when I build cars for a living. Yep, that's, that's understandable. Yeah, so then, of course, like everyone does, I got on the Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and started looking at S13s and S14s, and the drift tax immediately, I was like, <laughs> "That's that chassis ain't happening. Yeah. I was seeing, like, uh, not 99, like 89 S13s, 200K plus, just absolutely destroyed. They were wanting, like, 3,500 plus for. Yeah. And I was yeah, no way. They're like, but it, they're like, but it's a gold shit box. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to SEMA for work and just kind of walking around, noticed that the cars that were really... Have you ever been to SEMA? I have not, unfortunately. So it's sort of overwhelming to the point where you quit giving a shit about anything that's going on. Like, you've seen so many cars that you don't notice cars anymore. So... I noticed that just walking around, all the cars that were catching my eye and kind of breaking me out of that, not even noticing cars anymore, were all BMWs of some form or another. Either E46s or E92s, E9Xs, whatever. Um, So then I decided to check that route, and E46s are, like, free now. (laughs) Yeah, they're great. I got (laughs) three offered to me when I crashed mine. Yeah, they've tanked in value. I paid twenty five hundred for mine with hundred and twenty k on it and no issues. So I went that route. Um, learned quickly why more people build E thirty sixes than forty sixes at the <laughs> time. But Which I love is... that car to death. What was that? What's the reason to build the E thirty six over the E forty six? Um, a lot of people don't want to mess with the CAN bus. 
when you're trying to like integrate and keep the factory gauges and stuff working, the 46 has a CAN bus cluster and like weird wiring for the window motors and stuff. Oh, okay. So if you want to, just within the last month, I think Wiring Specialties came out with a 46 plug and play harness that solves all that. Um, my option at the time was basically to throw 100% of the BMW harness in the trash and redo everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. But if you want a street car swap, something like that, the 46 is a little more difficult. And back then, MG Solutions didn't exist. Um, all these other companies that I can't remember the name of didn't exist. It was pretty much WiseFab or SLR were the only E46 options for Angle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the companies didn't. Basically, there was like five plus options for everything E36 and one, maybe two for 46. But, they, but they've gotten they've moved up recently. Yeah, they definitely have. Because even like back then too, for for doing the LS swap, it was CX or Borschlag were the only options. Sicky wasn't an option. DR, any of that. Sicky still isn't an option, correct? Oh, uh, they I, make one. I think they make one. I know they make a 36 kit. Yeah, I know, and they also make an E39 kit. Yeah, I think they do make a 46 kit. I don't think so. Yeah, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> um, and then there's like DR Concepts and I think LS, some other weird company. It's like LSS13.com or something like that. LS240.com just came out with a kit. Oh, shit. So they're definitely getting more and more popular. But then they have the notorious subframe failure. Um, that With their FD rulebook, you're not really allowed to fix properly. <laughs> or I should say completely. Which is? Um, where they they tear the studs that mount the subframe to the body. They tear them out of the body. I forgot it was the subframe. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I you th- can do the reinforcement plates from underneath. But um, a lot of people who track them actually go in through the top and tie it into the cage. Yeah, with the, like that crossbar, typically. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And, and it looks fucking bitching, by the way. Did you know? Yeah. Did you, uh, I, now that you're on that, sorry. Um. Kristaps E46 had it, and they made him cut it. Yeah, same with uh, Denofa. They made him cut it out of his as well. They didn't make him cut it out. They just made it. Di- they just made him cut it so it's disconnected from the. Uh, oh, from the cage. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's, or at least I didn't see Denofa's car, but I did see it on, um, on Blucher's car, and they made him cut it, and I was like, huh. Yeah. So and mine even, um, there's this big constant ongoing debate in the bmw forums over using 3m panel bond versus welding those plates in and like some of the companies like bimmer world say you have to weld them other ones like parts by max has a kit out now that they recommend that you bond in um i bonded mine and i just cracked my subframe three years later so (laughs) now you gotta pull it all out and and reweld it. Which yeah, um, which place did you go it. with? I just pulled it out, chiseled all that old shit off, got a new reinforcement kit from Clown Shoe Motorsports, and then welded that in and got it all back together. So hopefully that solves the problem. But it's just another thing you have to deal with that the 36s don't notoriously or don't necessarily have to deal with. Have you seen the reddish kit? Yeah, I did look at that. Dude, that thing is so fucking looks so good. It's brutal. Yeah, I know. Unless you like become friends with Josh Robinson. 
Yeah. <laughs> Have him just bring some over. Yeah, because, you know, you guys are tight like that. <laughs> right? Exactly. Didn't he, didn't, like, uh, one of the pro, always pro one, Nate? No, not Nate Hamilton. Shit. Kevin Lawrence had had, had him uh, get him some engine blocks. <laughs> some bar motors? Like, whatever, whatever you got to do to get by. <laughs> and, uh... Josh, what about you? How'd you get into drifting? Um, to be honest, there was one point where, well, I grew up living in the mountains and always drove Subarus. And uh, just getting home was like a drift event in itself a lot of the times. Um, but I had never drifted a rear-wheel drive car before, like on anything that wasn't snow. So I sold all my cars, and after like a month, I got sad of not having a project car in my garage, and I just happened to buy the three series that we're building now mm-hmm. like four or five years ago. And it had like a half cage in it and a hydro and a seat. And I went and ripped that thing in a parking lot and was like, this is just way too much fun. Um, and I started going to the drift Colorado events and, uh, did a few events. And like I said, Stuky brought me to one. So it got a nice warm up from someone who was experienced and, uh, after the, my first couple events, I realized, like, this is this is just too awesome. Like, I have to chase this. And um, eventually turboed the car with a stock M50, blew it up multiple times. Um, and then we threw an LS in it, and I started competing and did pretty well my first year. And last year, this last season, was my second season of drifting, like, competitively, and I ended up uh, third place in Drift Colorado. So just kind of like, just kind of happened to come around. Um, and we just have so many, so many awesome people like Justin out here in Colorado. Everybody's really friendly. Um, I think that that's what drew me in too, is like when you go to drift events here and, and just anywhere in general, it's, there's so much camaraderie, you know, everybody just wants to help you because they just want to watch cool cool cars rip around the track just as much as they they want to do it themselves you know yeah so yeah that's a a big thing that sold me on it too after like stumbling into it again mm-hmm. was i saw on instagram or somewhere the southwest was coming to carter national speedway and that was do you know joe tardiff by chance I think he's from out there. Who? Uh, his name's Joe Tardiff. He's on like Team Burn the most. I he's think he's got a pro. From Northern California, from my understanding. Okay, yeah. Well, he was competing that year, and I don't remember if it was him or who he was going against. But somebody went to the wall right before like the top four battle, mm-hmm. and needed inner and outer tie rod and all this shit. And I remember being in the pits, you know, on a, seeing a five minute timeout. The competitor taking spare parts out of his trailer to give to the other competitor then both wrenching on it and toe plating it and then both running in their cars jumping in and going to the line to compete and just that that sold me on it right then and there that because in drag racing that shit doesn't happen you're not getting a spare part from the guy who's about to knock you out of the final no Um, and yeah just the the camaraderie and the uh the willingness to help each other, I guess, kind of sold us on it. Yeah, you don't see that every day, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you do see it, it's like, huh, people are decent sometimes. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. 
Faith restored. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys? Do either of you plan on ever like doing a pro thing? What's your What's your get up? Are you guys just gonna stick to pro am? Um, we're just gonna see how it goes. Um, that that was another that was another thing that really came along with growing up and getting older. Um, when I was younger, I couldn't afford to you know throw so much money at project cars and cars mm-hmm. for fun. Um. And over these last couple of years, you know, now it's you can slowly build a drift car, you know, do your cage and a couple things one year and then the next year you upgrade your motor mm-hmm. um, and still drive. Right. And keep driving. So that's it definitely helps a lot with that because my car has been built over three years now. But this year is definitely like the big plunge. And if it goes well, like if we did get a Pro 2 license, I think. It would have to happen, you know, just because it, it like naturally unfolded and turned into something awesome. Yeah. But it was ne- never something I anticipated, you know, I really just wanted to do it for fun. But. But if it happens, might as well try it. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. If not, cool. It's still fun, you know. At the end of the day, it's 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 all for us to have fun with. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's. It's fun, and then it's also stressful, and I think that's what keeps everybody around. It's got, like, a balance. It really <laughs> yeah. is. It, you're like, fuck, my car's not ready. Or, you know, something broke that you really can't afford to fix in between rounds, so you just jb weld it. Well, there's a lot of zip ties and duct tape involved. <laughs> yeah, so that's just... That's how it goes, man. And then all of a sudden, during the off-season, I have all kinds of money. Right. Yeah, to fix it, so we'll see. And I think, you know, I'm not naive to the fact that this season there's going to be growing pains. It's essentially a brand new chassis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a brand new car from what it was last year. The only things that have stayed the same are the actual shell and the front cross member slash SLR kit. Um, literally every other part of the car has has been or is getting changed. So I know there's going to be some growing pains with initial setup and trying to find the level of grip we had before with the new rear subframe and all that stuff and basically just learning the new car yeah and simultaneously you know on josh's side he's going to be learning how to run a program which with you know managing multiple people budgeting to and from events sponsor obligations all that sort of stuff we definitely we definitely upped the ante this if, year. If we end this season with a car, um, I think we're all going to be happy. <laughs> and then with, if we with manage a car license, not written off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think this season is going to be a huge learning experience for everyone involved. And if we do good, we do good. Um, I personally, I think the big push is going to come in the 2020 season. Yeah. Once we have the car dialed in, the team dialed in, the program dialed in, um, to make a a solid push to try to get a license. That's that's kind of I have the same goal. Yeah. Just yeah, that's just to kind of like coaster in this season, see where you're at, see where your car is. Yeah. Because especially, do you guys do do you try to do um, like grassroots events at all to get like seat time or testing um, tune days? We don't really have any. That uh. That Drift Colorado is 80% of what we have. 
And and they're fun, you know. There's depending on the event, some of them are two days, and there's an entire full day of just open track, row time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the the competition events, we try to be good about getting at least four, if not six, hours of practice before comp. Okay. And there's only. 30 i'd say at an average event 50 cars total between singles and tandem oh so so you can get quite a bit of seat time we're also blessed we have imi um monday through friday you can go out there and spend 100 bucks and they'll let you rip most of the day yeah that's how grange is here now yeah we're super blessed because i know the first month once this car is put together i think we're gonna have like a yeah a frequent flyers pass or something (laughs) along those lines to go and uh, we also have, I don't know what to call them, a car club, a team, uh, whatever, a group of friends called mm. Yankee Zoku. And they're all big. It's basically like a Cressida club, but a lot of them have branched out of having Cressidas now. <laughs> um, but they rent out IMI four or five times a year and do what just what they call Yankee Zoku days. It's, like, are, it's an insane bash. Just basically two-day no holds barred bash at IMI at that cart track, um, camp overnight party, stuff like that. So that's always a good time as well. Mm-hmm. Getting drunk with your drift friends. Yeah, exactly. And trying to wake up in the morning and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> struggling then, to, you know, I'm, struggling. About to hit, I'm about to hit 30 and a drinking does not go as well as it used no. to. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning 30 this year too. Same. I'll be 30 but, at the end of the month. It's like, fuck. yeah, and uh, rumor has it, I don't know if it's been officially announced, but I've had it confirmed through multiple people that we're having a grid life here this year. Fucking tits. Um, so there's that, and then there's a cool event that Drift Colorado co-hosts with Vegas Drift slash Southwest and Pikes Peak International Raceway called the Into Thin Air Drift Bash, mm-hmm. which is three days long. Um, it's the Colorado round of the Pro-Am and then it's two full days of party time, basically, on top of that. We usually have a Drift Colorado event, plus the Southwest, plus a bash day. And then they'll do um, arm drop drags down the straight, an autocross, and all sorts of other stuff as well. You mean Fast and Furious drag style racing? Basically, yeah. We had a... Street Outlaws. After one of our events at CNS, <laughs> they had circle drags. And uh, I went out and did those. Drags. It's like around the around the the NASCAR ring. It's like like I said, the small ring. But they'll start you out, and it's basically just like it's a drag race, but you do two laps. It's two cars that do two laps around the track. And I stuck around and did that for four hours, and that was like the most fun I've ever had in my car. <laughs> <laughs> was not even drifting, but it was like attempting to not drift with a locked diff, bashing <laughs> in through through third gear around this track. No, is it banked? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, and yeah. it's sketchy. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> they do every weekend stock car races there. And I think it's a qualifying series for NASCAR. But it's like a one third mile banked oval, so it's like tinier than a normal NASCAR. What the hell is a qualifying series of NASCAR? I never understood that. It's it's kinda like Pro Am. Yeah. Is that where you go like, to like start? Yeah, yeah, it's it's NASCAR sanctioned events, but they're you know it's more local grassroots style, um, not big sponsorships. It's mostly guys, you know, that own shops. They pull up with their own cars and 
and it's look into that. It's fun. They're it's fun to fun. go to. Yeah. Um, and those a, guys. There's always a bunch at Irwindale. Yeah, and at least and the Irwindale is the same way where it's not necessarily a drifting track, but they're super supportive of drifting and Cardo National Speedway is the same way. Oh, that's awesome. So we try to get out there and like um, support their events as well too, and they're just fun to go like have a few beers at and watch watch the races because there's everything from just trash Monte Carlos in the like pure stock class i think it's called where they're not allowed to do anything except like take the glass out and cage them what's that one class with the three cars that yeah are tied together with trains? The trains it's like the front car steers the middle car has nobody in it and the back car has another driver with gas and pedal or gas and brake and it is just like it's scary and they figure eight like that. <laughs> they figure eight and where they're almost crashing the whole time but but then they have the way more serious races with the big corporate sponsors and the like actual NASCARs that do like 200 lap qualifying. Damn. Yeah, they so have that at Irwindale. I don't know about the 200 lap part, but they have a lot of events like that at Irwindale. Like on Friday, they have like their Knights of Destruction. Yeah. And they do the figure eight racing with a bus or something. I don't know. They yeah. Like to party over there. Yeah, that's it's super entertaining because it's. Uh, it's definitely an interesting bunch to come out for that. And it's so cheap to go to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like as cheap as a movie. It was like, it was like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. It's like going to a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that was why it was cool because they had one of their big nights and then Drift Colorado had the track rented out. They do their big races Saturday night and we had it rented out Sunday. And the uh, the manager there, Brian, hit us up and was like, would you guys want to like bring out six cars and just like – go wild for 20 minutes during intermission and see if it gets more people to come out and spectate the next day. And we were like, sure. And we just went, we did it two different times and just did like tandem trains around the banked oval at halftime. Mm-hmm. And it went, I think better than any of us the, expected. The response from the crowd was insane. Um, I could hear them through my helmet and over the car. Just like every time you go past the stands, you just hear everybody screaming. Everybody was standing up and yelling but uh, and then we didn't ask the next day, but that next event had our highest spectator turnout of the whole season. So the theory is that a lot of people actually did come back because of that. So there's spectators to be had in other forms of motorsport. I think is the lesson there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I was gonna make a comment, but it didn't work there. So I'm gonna. <laughs> Uh, I think I think we said earlier you'd have to be an asshole to not love screaming engines and smoking tires. You really do. <laughs> you really do. Like even my my chick, like, um, when I brought her, she's like, okay. And I was like, what do you think? She's like, I can tell when it's exciting. I was like, because everyone's screaming. <laughs> she's like, no, but you can tell it's just exciting. Like you can tell it's a good run. And I was like, all right, I'll give her that. <laughs> so. We'll see. And I got her spotting for me. That I or I had her start spotting for me last year. I think the last round. She actually filmed me crashing into the wall. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, at least you didn't uh, ride off your car with her in the passenger seat. No, no, no she'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be dead for sure. Cause there's no seatbelt in my passenger seat. Oh shit. Yeah, and I never. I've never given anybody a ride along. The uh. The quote-unquote big wreck I had with my car. My wife was in the passenger seat. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, what? You know what? Don't feel bad. I flipped the car over on the freeway with my son in the car. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, it, it was just a rainy day. Yeah. A hydroplane in an E30. That's no good. Yeah. Is it, uh, I remember hearing about that. It wasn't like a big thing, but um, you hit a there bank, right? There were a lot of jokes right? to be made about it afterwards. Yeah, that was totally like 100% <laughs> my dumbass fault. So what like, happened? Um... So it was like a two-day event with night drifting, and it was at this uh, – we just called it the airport. We don't do events there anymore because it changed ownership. But it was basically a, uh, a parking lot for airplanes out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was – there was no – we were supposed to have big stadium lights turned on by the management, and that didn't happen. So we basically had like a generator-powered light at the start line that was real bright, and then the track was just pitch black. From there on out. So I'd only done probably four or five laps by the time it got dark. And uh, like I said, it was really well lit in the staging area and my car was getting hot. And I have an electric fan and an electric water pump. So I had basically my whole car turned off except the cooling system running Mm -hmm. to cool it down between laps. And then it was my turn to go. So I turned everything back on and just went. Um, I'd failed to notice because it was so well lit in the starting area that I forgot to turn my headlights on. (laughs) So, uh, I just went top a third and I like did my two, three shift. And then I saw a cone just out of the corner of my eye and I was like, all right, cool. That's the initiation cone. I know where I am. So I took an extra second, flipped my headlights on and pulled the handbrake and just threw it to walk. Well, the cone that I passed that I thought was the initiation cone was actually marking the end of the track. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm trying to laugh at him. So top of third, I went off the track just out into a field, which normally wouldn't have been a problem, except somebody decided to put a like a six by six pallet of cinder blocks out in the middle of that field. Like they're getting ready to do some landscaping. Obviously and you I hit went it. straight through the middle of it. He did some landscaping. Like, destructed it. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, and it basically did damn near the same damage you did to your car. Like, my strut tower was touching my motor. Uh-huh. Um, it broke all sorts of shit. My, my throttle body from my intake manifold made it to cylinder five in the intake manifold. <laughs> like, it, it pushed it that far back. The throttle, like uh it, the bolts broke like the intake manifold broke it shattered the plastic manifold oh shit what manifold did you have on there uh just the stock ls6 oh okay and Damn. then uh yeah dude, to this day i guarantee you i can walk to my car right now and find a piece of concrete in it <laughs> somewhere <laughs> dude i still yeah, have con- I, I, st- I still have urbandale wall in my wheels and i think that was honestly my saving grace of the whole thing was that those cinder blocks broke when i hit them yeah that so really they had you. some give to them because if I had just hit a wall that hard, like it would have been much worse. And did, what safety gear did you have on? Um, just I have a um, what do they call it? A halo seat, mm-hmm. a containment seat, or whatever. Um, six point harnesses, and that's pretty much it. A helmet. I didn't have a Hans or anything, but I hit it at just a perfect like uh weird angled and when i hit it spun the car rather than directing all the energy into it yeah i didn't okay so it like kind of deflected a little bit as it went through it yeah 
which helped as well because I was at full lock when I hit it, so it just kind of whipped around. Um, yeah, surprisingly, somehow the fucking SLR kit was fine, <laughs> <laughs> even though I went passenger wheel into that. Um, it broke the the stock inner tie rod, and that was it. That's that's not but, a bad deal. Yeah. And luckily, like I said, my wife was in the car and it hit on her side, but luckily it hit in the wheel and not in her door. Like another two feet and it would have been a much different situation. Yeah. Um, so you yeah, have turn intrusion bars, on right? When it's dark. <laughs> you have intrusion yep. bars, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, mine yeah. bent in. Oh, yeah. Mine, yeah, like mine hit at such a weird angle and I was already like at lock when it hit that it just pushed everything straight over at the motor. It didn't like push it back at the chassis at all. Gotcha. Yeah. Mine, uh, they even like the, um, the trans tunnel that was kind of, uh, warped from it. Oh yeah. And then, uh, See? what else was there? The seat brackets. Cause I gave them to my buddy, Andrew, the guy, he drives the, um, wide body E46. Yeah. Uh, I gave it to him. He's like, "Hey, these are crooked." I was like, "They're probably from the accident, because." Yeah, like, I mean, but I, they're free. Yeah, right. I got away with just uh, basically cutting all the sheet metal off except this strut tower itself. I just drilled all the spot welds around it, and then I have a good buddy who works at Abra and has access to a frame rack. So he pulled pulled everything back square, and we double and triple checked it, and then I basically had to tube it from the A-pillars forward, mm-hmm. um, which made it not pro-am legal anymore to tie that into the A-pillars, which oh. is why I had to get the RX-7. But Damn. for just Colorado stuff, it's still totally fine. How much, how different are those cars that drive? Um, They're definitely different. The RX-7 is a, a fuckload faster. Um, More grip. It's just like... The BMW is chill. It's kind of floaty. It's comfy to drive. The the RX-7 is just aggressive, and you have to be on top of your shit. <laughs> uh, is that because of how much power you've added, or is it... Um, a little fine? bit. I mean, it's got... I mean, it's not a ton. It's like 650 wheel horsepower. That's a ton. <laughs> That's a shit ton in that little tiny-ass fucking golf cart. Yeah, it weighs 2450 with a full tank of E85. Um, 650 horsepower, and it's just got a shitload of mechanical grip hmm. to the point that I have trouble driving it outside of competition situations because, like, at No Coast, which is the party of the year, if you ever get a chance to go there, do it. Where is that um, Albuquerque. I think I know. Is that the one that's by, um, Officer Dan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, like, the best event ever. Um, but yeah, there was like a team tandem comp there and I had to air my tires up to like 65 PSI to not run through the dude in front of me's door every lap because <laughs> we were trying to like keep an even spacing. Oh, so, shit. and that car, like you wouldn't even want to drive it at IMI. It's just too much of a handful and too it's small snappy. of an area. So that, that car pretty much is reserved for like comp duty only. Uh-huh. And then the BMW gets used for everything, but yeah, and then are you doing any power adders on your car, Josh, or are you just leaving a stock L- LS? Well, we, we're going – I had an LS1 um, 
we just went to an LS3 that's uh, canned. So it's, we're hoping somewhere around like 450 wheel, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, that should be plenty because I was running about 380 wheel before and was keeping up pretty well. But if anything, um, we were trying to get the, the Torque Storm Supercharger like, like on the RX-7 to fit, but it just barely wouldn't fit by like a half inch on Damn. the strut. Yeah. It was disappointing, but that's why we went to the LS3. Um, if we do go down the road, we might get a custom Torque Storm mount done or a turbo. But I think for just for Pro-Am, the cammed LS3 should be just fine, especially since we're doing a quick change rear diff. So, Where'd you guys get the quick change from? Uh, from Siki. They have, it was just easy. They have, they already have subframes, axles. They basically have the whole, basically a drop-in uh, subframe kit. Oh, you just balled out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, thought, I, thought, um, I thought Justin stuffed it under there. I was like, oh, nice. Well, I kept, I had issues breaking axles a lot previously. Like and, uh, to every event a lot. Yeah, um, we're snapping a lot of axles. And then the diff was starting to give. And my biggest issue was gearing, to be honest. Uh, I couldn't couldn't get to the top of third. So we are like, okay, we'll throw power at it. But just in case, <laughs> we'll make sure we have changeable gears for each different track. Yeah, that's... Uh, I've heard someone say that they actually wish they would have went with the... Um, crap. With the quick change before they had gotten a dog box. Right. Um, I said it was almost actually even more important than the dog box itself. Yeah, I think so, because for the most part, um, on a lot of tracks, you're staying between second or third and, or third and fourth. Mm -hmm. So you're not doing too much shifting. If you get your, if you get your rear, your rear end gear dialed in, you shouldn't have to do too much shifting once you, once you initiate. Yeah. At least that's the goal. I ran my car on like a stock automatic diff, the 346 gears. Right and ran the bank in third gear at Irwindale. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Another guy in our in our uh, league, Levi, who actually runs uh, Drift Colorado, he has the same gearing, same transmission and rear diff as I, and he had like twenty more horsepower, but he was just running away from me on banks. Mm. So, um, he got my car and he swore that there's no way we had the same gearing. So. That was that seemed to be my biggest issue, and it, and it was definitely like the priciest upgrade, but I feel like it's going to be the most beneficial by far. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. And what'd you end up doing with the LS one? Uh, that's that went to uh, we actually bastardized oh. a, a Mustang. It's in Reagan Impacted Raps uh, Mustang now. That all makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're really trying to, um. Basically, I know it's a, a, a cuss word in drifting. Um, overbuild the car right now mm-hmm. so that when, if and when we do license or he decides to pursue something more serious, basically the groundwork is already laid. So, like, he did the Sicky, I forgot what it's called, the Pro 1900 or whatever instead of the 1500 that's good the, to like a thousand horsepower. The 1500 instead of a thousand. Yeah. So it's good for the rear end and everything's built for 1500 horsepower. We're doing um, um, a radium fuel setup with three Walboro 450s. Well, 
a lift and two two, two surges. Um, drive shaft shop, thousand horsepower axles that come with that. Like the whole car is ready. It's basically if, for if, forced induction. Yeah, <laughs> if we if we did go Pro Two, um, it basically just needs I think like a dog box and, and a turbo. And everything else should be built ready to accept that. Maybe one extra fuel pump, but yeah, I agree with you on the building part. I like. Uh, not only do I want to be a better driver, I want to be a better build, car builder. So I do like, you know, overbuilding something personally. Yeah. And learning how to do it. Like I don't know how to fucking weld, but I'm looking and for a welder. <laughs> that's that's why I have Justin. It would just uh, <laughs> it would suck real bad to spend the money. Um, you know, I see a lot of people like they don't want to spend seven hundred dollars on a halo seat. They'd rather spend five fifty and save that hundred and fifty bucks on a non halo seat. And then the next year they would decide they want to do Pro Am and now they have to buy a seven hundred and fifty dollar seat anyway mm-hmm. and try to sell a used seat. So it ends up costing them like three hundred dollars more when they could have just bought what they might have needed in the first place. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with getting it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what what I always try to do is think two or three years ahead so I'm not replacing perfectly good shit next season for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, right now this car is absolutely absurd. It's, I definitely – I spent my time building it slowly. And then this year, like I said, this is, this is the biggest jump um, that I've personally made. To – to do all that work at one time yeah. in one shot. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like fucking expensive, by the way. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I'm trying to bastard a car together with parts I already have. Yeah, but that's, I mean, CTSV, man, does shit even exist for that? Like, can you buy an angle kit for a CTSV? Uh, no, but my knuckles are currently at uh, driftknuckles.com shop. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So. And then, like, that's another That's... reason we stuck with the 36 for for now. And yeah. Just, yeah, and a lot like um Bink Industries will make you any fucking thing you want if you pay them. So yeah. if I really wanted a knuckle or if I rather if I really could afford a knuckle, I'd go have him make one. Yeah, but then you're in the boat like I'm in with with my Camaro that I'm setting up to be like basically a a cheap seat time car. Um an angle kit for that Camaro is forty five hundred dollars. <laughs> By that, the only guy that fucking makes them that lives in like Hawaii. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know. There's, there's one option. It's blue eight oh eight, and they're forty five hundred bucks. Yeah, that's that's nice. So I'm like, I picked the wrong chassis for a cheap yeah. seat time um, car. Did you, did you hit up Alex Grimm? What? Did you hit up Alex Grimm? Um, I have talked to him a couple times, as well as this dude Robbie who drives in a uh, Lone Star. Yeah, he has. Okay, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he has like his own kit that he's um, developing and is planning on releasing in a year or two. Um, I, I'm not sure what Alex is running. I want to say it's an SO modified Wise Fab, but I'm not totally sure. Mm. And then um, SLR actually just came out with a kit for a Pro 2 car that's coming out next season. Which, so which I think the SLR kit is going to be the way I go just because I've dealt with them and I know Sean and I know their parts are good. Yeah, Sean uh, Sean was like, if you could get 10 people to buy this thing, I'll make you one. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't think 10 people are going to be interested. I got to like four and a half. Yeah. Well, luckily, 
for some odd reason, the uh, the fifth gen Camaro share a lot of geometry with uh, E ninety twos. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it is because when Mike Esser ran one, they used a BMW E ninety two Wise Fab that was modified. Oh shit! Really? And I I think Essa Autosport still offers that service if you buy an E ninety two kit from them. So the kit that SLR made actually is an E92 kit at the heart of it. They just allowed for the additional modifications to make it work on the Camaro. But you still have to run like E92 brakes and E92 front coilovers <laughs> to make it work. Does that... I don't see that being a huge fucking deal breaker. No, it's not, as long as, like, and BC will spec those kits out. If you email them, you can get, like, Camaro rears with E92 fronts or whatever. They don't care. Is that what you're running now? Um, That's what I'm going to be running. I haven't, that car is bone stock right now. I got an ASD Hydro. I know. <laughs> I, I tried getting them on board, and I don't think it went through because I told them I wasn't going to be able to make it to round one. Uh, ASD? No, BC. Oh, so I just ordered my fields on Friday. Yeah, I uh, I've never ran fields. Does Drift League not have a deal with BC? I feel like everyone has a deal with BC. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Because I think Drift Colorado is like, I mean, it's not anything crazy, but I think it's like ten or fifteen percent off if you're a Drift Colorado driver. Mm-hmm. So every little bit helps. Um. I did have BCs on my BMW for three years. I switched to Fortunes last year. Mm. How do you like those? Um, I like them a lot. I had some issues with the way they attached to the... Uh... Well, you, what did you have on your E46? I had fills, but I had true coilovers, and I remember you mentioning you do not do those. Okay, yeah. I still have the spring shock set up. What's so the... you know where the spring sits on the rear control arm of those? Mm-hmm. On the E46s, they're aluminum, okay. and the BC adjusters have a big flat um, thing that kind of spreads the load out on there that the spring sits on top of, and the Fortunes have a much smaller one that bolts through the control arm, and I actually had two of them break through the control arm. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, Bemmerworld sells some steel drop-in, like, reinforcement plates, and those solved it, but... Other than that, I really like them. I went to a way soft spring rate because I was trying to make as much grip as I could in that car. Mm-hmm. What what so, did you have? I was at four. I had a four. You were four K. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, I'm at seven. <laughs> yeah, but I was also on a true coilover, so it's probably the oh, same. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, I'm at seven K rear, eight K front. I was at um twelve K rear before that, so. And then, did you do anything for the like, the uh, toe adjustment, the bushings that go in there? Um, I have the, I did have the Garage Astic or whatever Delrin offset ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just switched them to the Nerptech bearing style offset ones. Mm-hmm. And then I put them in backwards because I think those are actually supposed to tow out your car if you lower it a shitload. Um, but I put them in backwards so they tow it in. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I had no toe adjustment. I think, like, I had it shoved all the way in, and I was still on stock bushings, too. And it was still, like, a quarter-inch toe out in the rear. Oh, yeah. I've With uh, 
With those bushings, I was able to get to three quarters of an inch toe in. Oh shit! Okay. So, and that's what I'm at right now, which is excessive, but I like the way it drives. Yeah, the new car is like fully adjustable in the rear, though. Yeah. So, and that was the same problem I had with Josh's car last season. Um, after swapping to all the M3 stuff with the stock, I think he has the Turner Motorsport. Yeah. Bearings in the rear. Turner. Oh, um. Turns. The most I could get out of it was an eighth of an inch toe out. Oh, shit. So I have another set of those Nerve Tech offsets ready to go in when we have the subframe out for the quick change. Yeah. Because it's amazing what a different – I mean, he was one of the faster drivers, and I still don't understand how. Um, with less power than most of us, he would gap most of us <laughs> oh, <laughs> with shit. an eighth of an inch toe out. So we'll see what happens with a half-inch toe-in because it makes a shitload of a difference. Huh. I don't know. I kind of want to build another one, BMW, but then again, at the same time, I kind of want to go find me a base model CTS and build that. <laughs> yeah. Don't those have a terrible engine in them? Yeah. It's a ridiculous engine in them, actually. Like a 3.2 V6 or something like that? Uh, the, I think the first year had something like that. And then in 04, they changed it to another V6. And they're all trash. But I did find out they're very rare, but they do make a base model with a, a five-speed and a six-speed in them. Huh. So I got to find one. Yeah. But then that means I'm paying full price for like five grand for a car. <laughs> and I don't want to pay five grand for some shit box. Right? Didn't RJ just say you could come get his uh, some E36 out of his yard? Uh, not for free. <laughs> yeah uh, I was also thinking about that too though yeah and then uh, Andrew he has a uh, he has an e- E36 sedan he might be willing to let go but he just poured a whole bunch of money into it and I was like yeah I don't like I'm cool with spending that much over time but that's what I was looking to do not drop you know 2500 bucks all at once yeah definitely And then, what's your guys' uh, next event, or your first event, rather, of the season? Um, I know we have we have a Drift Colorado practice in April. Uh, Will your car be ready for that? So you're not showing up to round one. Uh, we're trying. Um, we're still waiting on parts to come in, but we're trying to shoot to have it done early April, to where we can start getting practice done. But. We'll see how it goes. It's really going to depend on Sicky mostly in the drive shaft shop. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Our uh, our official first round isn't until June fifteenth. So, and then I know Southwest isn't until June also. So if we get the car running and on the track by April, it gives us two solid months to to test and if needed troubleshoot. Yeah. And we're even, um, I don't think, I don't remember if I talked to Josh about it or not yet. We're kind of flirting with the idea of, I stumbled across the fact that you can fly out rig from RTS to basically set up your chassis for an extremely reasonable price. <laughs> you did not talk to me about this yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's been offering that though. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just found that on their website like last week Oh uh, yeah. when I was looking at quick changes, um, so that seems like a worthwhile investment just to come get a seasoned veteran to come immediately be like, hey, idiot, you did this wrong. 
Yep. And that might make or break the season right there, you know? Yeah, and he's a... Have you met him before? I have not, no. He's a really nice dude. Yeah. And it's something... I mean, I don't want to say the wrong number, but it was something totally like 500 bucks. For the day. Yeah. For a a full day of him like tuning your chassis. Yeah, but it's 500 bucks a day, and I think it's like a two-day minimum. Yeah. So you're looking at a thousand bucks plus another what flight there and back? Yeah, another two fifty, three hundred bucks on Frontier. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, as long as, uh, like I said, I think we're on track. I talked to the companies that with the long lead times that we're still waiting on, and I should have all the parts here by the end of this month, which gives me a solid month that I'm basically blocking off all of their work from the shop to to thrash on it and try to get it done. Yeah. Luckily, we're, we're sticking with the same BC coils, mostly same suspension, same angle, similar engine, just more power, same trans, just built. So it's going to be a lot of similar car, but like you said, everything is new. So it's definitely going to be a lot of troubleshooting, hoping everything got assembled correctly <laughs> looking at justin right now. yeah because you know there's always there's always you're always going to have like little gremlins here that you gotta you know chase out yeah, yeah exactly. when you rebuild a whole car like that so you know it's gonna be like fuck i forgot to tighten this one stupid bolt right <laughs> you know what i mean that it's the hardest one to get to <laughs> yeah and that, i'm trying to be super anal and paint marker all the bolts mm-hmm. that way a i can tell they've been tightened just by glancing at them and b you can notice three months down the road if they're half a turnout. Hmm. Um, just looking at them. And little stuff like that. Just to, A lot of what I'm doing is just trying to simplify our lives if we do have to like jam a motor in overnight at Irwindale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, quick disconnect fittings on lines and simplifying access to things and basically just viewing everything as could I get that bolt out in a five-minute timeout? No. All right, let's find a way to be able to get that bolt out in a five-minute timeout. Yeah. And then having a lot of tools helps the correct oh, tools. Yeah. I need to get me uh, an impact. Oh, yeah, like a battery one? or a Yeah, I have, like I have for work, I use, I have a Makita set. Yeah. So I was thinking about just getting a Makita one since I already have the set. The Milwaukee. Dude, I've had... I've had full Makita sets when I was at Subaru. We had a DeWalt set. We've had two or three full DeWalt sets here. Um, I just, on Black Friday, took the plunge to that Milwaukee 18-volt fuel or whatever it is. Everyone says it's worth it. Holy fuck, dude. It's so worth it. It is. It puts that DeWalt to shame. If you put something on with a a Milwaukee, though, you better better have one to take it off because (laughs) nothing else will take it off. Yeah, I have um, whatever the Makita, the current Makita one is right now. Yeah. I mean, I took, just last week, I took some axle nuts off with that Milwaukee, and I think the torque spec on them is like 235 foot-pounds. Yeah. And that thing didn't miss a beat. <laughs> Did you guys hear about uh, Milwaukee suing Snap-on? Uh-uh. Yeah, they sued him for the, uh, using their battery technology. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm not surprised. Hey man, it works. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have Snap On every everything I own is Snap On for the most part, um, except my battery tools. Oh okay. 
because they're just like a they're always bigger and heavier and they just don't seem to be as good as the competition but for for ratchets and shit when you're doing it full time totally worth it yeah you could even hear it the way they sound yeah because i got a cheap set and it works but i don't do it for a living so this is just my hobby yeah i mean that's when i started at subaru eight years ago i uh i bought one of those craftsmen like 1400 piece sorry my beer just spilled everywhere um (laughs) mechanics tool sets Mm -hmm. and then i basically just told myself whatever broke either from being shitty or from overuse i was going to replace with snap on or you take it back to sears and get another one for free well they like all went out of business here we got like one sears and it's like an hour away oh yeah it's not worth it for a four dollar fucking socket yeah exactly and that i figured if it if it broke, it was going to break again, so I might as well just upgrade it. You know what? I like that idea because I went and bought, like, those those socket trays from Harbor Freight. Yeah. And I threw my set in there, and I was like, oh, I'm missing everything. <laughs> I might have to uh, individually buy those now. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, like, all my sockets are snap-on, but, like, those Craftsman box wrenches, mm-hmm. I've broken one ever, I think. Like, all my wrenches are still Craftsman. Yeah, I, I think so are mine. Oh, yeah. no, I have, like, a Husky set, too. I also feel like there's a difference in, like, five years ago Craftsman and today Craftsman. Uh, Today it's all made in China. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It is, sadly. So, yeah, I think, I think Ace Hardware carries them now, but a very small selection. Of the Craftsman stuff? And, yeah. And you don't get, like, the deals you would get at Sears. Yeah. You're like, they're like, nope, full retail. Fuck you. Yeah, dude. I thought Sears went out like nationwide. Was that just Colorado? Uh, no, they, they're quite a few of their stores shut down, but not all of them. Okay. Yeah, we have like one or two in the whole state now, I think. I think the one, the stores that were able to like, uh, maintain themselves without needing help from the corporate office, <laughs> they yeah. got to stay. Yeah. So. But who knows? I still got access to them, so I'm not complaining. Yeah. But alrighty, anything else you guys wanted to talk about that we, um, we didn't discuss? Shout out your sponsors. <laughs> shout out After Hours Drift Shop, obviously. Um, big Duck Club helped me out in a big way. Uh, RJ's the shit. Our boy RJ. Yeah, I know you did a, a podcast with him. Um, you know, he's a really cool guy. I actually went to go meet him at Winter Jam. He's awesome. Yeah, much shorter than I thought he was gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I hope he hears that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, me um, and him are like the same height. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, Condor Speed Shop, Cosmos Racing, Impacted Raps, Reagan, he's killing it for us. Um, MoFab's doing our tune. Um, obviously. Justin over here at After Hours. Um, you can get me pretty much on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, at Josh Loves Drifting. Um, and if anybody does any sim racing, I'm on a set of Corsa 2, um, Lone Star Seto. Um, brushing up on the skills in the off-season. Um, Josh Loves Drifting on there as well. So. Alrighty, man. Justin? Um... 
that's pretty much it for me. Uh, the shop Instagram is at After Hours Autosports. Um, same on Facebook, After Hours Autosports. And then my personal Instagram is at Crocuda. It's C-R-O-C-U-T-A-A-A. Um, and that's where I don't post a lot of my own personal car shit on the shop page because everyone gets sick of seeing it. Um, so I keep that on my personal. <laughs> so if you're interested in either of those two cars, check that out. Otherwise, the shop page gotcha. is where to get the updates on Josh's car. Is there any significance to your IG name? Um, so I'm sure a couple times you've heard my terrible laugh during this podcast. Um, we call him SpongeBob. Because <laughs> that was uh, Crocuda is my nickname with another group of friends because that's the uh, the... I don't know if it's the Latin or the technical term for a laughing hyena. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's the true name for a laughing hyena is a crocuda. That works. <laughs> and I have a terrible laugh that happens constantly, so it kind of stuck. Do you do it out of, like, nervousness, too? Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, it's real. Right. All right, then, man. You guys have a good night. All right, you too. All right, man. Take Thanks it for having us. Thank you for being on. Yeah. All right, man. Take it easy. Right. See you. All right, bye.